And good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Tracy Morgan in with you just about 11.15 and we're here for another half an hour. As we always do at this time of day, we talk to great professionals in and around Butler County about issues that affect you right here in Butler. And today we're going to be talking about grief and loss therapy services. And this is, of course, with Family Pathways. So if you're experiencing grief, if you're experiencing some loss, or if maybe you're not distinguishing between the two. We're going to have uh, Brian Dick explain all of that. Of course, Brian has been on the program many times before the program manager without patient services. And before we get to Brian, let me give you all the different ways that you can listen. Because, of course, we appreciate when you listen on the radio. Thank you so much for doing that. And then, of course, you can listen to us online at uh, WISR680.com. There's an app that you can put on your smartphone. You can listen that way if you're mobile. And then there are Alexa-powered devices. So if you say, Alexa, play WISR 680, then that would really all would be all that you needed that would bring us up. And you can listen to us as we're broadcasting for the next 30 minutes. Now, if you do have to leave us at any time, and this is a topic that's very near and dear to you, or you'd like to hear more or hear the rest of our conversation, this will be the podcast of the day. So you go back onto our website at WISR680.com, and you pick Programs, Let's talk and then look for family pathways. And then you'll find the, um, the program right there called Grief and Loss. All right, Brian is with us again. Brian, always nice to see you. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me, Tracy. Yeah, and we talk a lot about the different assets and facets of what Family Pathways does. We've talked about the Monarch Institute, the new location, but we don't really talk about grief and loss in your therapy services as much. And yet this has been a really important piece to Family Pathways for quite a few years. It, it actually has been a cornerstone and foundation to Family Pathways, even back to its inception, um, which has been now well over 20 years now, and was a cornerstone of really what our founder, uh, Dr. Lewis, had uh, envisioned for the agency, that we would become a grief and loss, trauma, grief, and loss center of excellence. That was really what she uh, had envisioned when we uh, when the agency was created somewhat before I came on board uh, and has subsequently become we've not really talked about some of the grief and loss type services they're not always maybe the most interesting to talk about uh, they do relate to some negative things that can happen to people's lives and uh, talking about a loss is sometimes the last thing people want to do. But is it one of the last people, one, one of the last things people recognize? Because you say that maybe it's not as interesting, quote unquote, but what if they don't recognize that they're still grieving the loss of something that's happened in their life? Exactly. I mean, when I say not interesting, it's not maybe from a, uh, a public relations standpoint. It's not something that people really talk about much because there is a lot of uh, maybe negative or it's just not a positive thing to talk about. I find grief and loss work to be very inspiring to talk about mm -hmm. and to do. Right. As a therapist myself, I I actually appreciate the opportunity to do grief and loss work because it really is entering people's lives, uh, entering some very important ground in their lives. Uh, I call it holy ground in, in many respects because it's very important to them. It's very private. It's intimate in many respects because you're talking about significant people that have been in their lives that they've lost in some fashion or form due to death or some other type of loss. And you're also talking about helping them reorganize in their lives and um, 
it's like a business reorganization. You're having to reorganize how you do things, how you think, how you, uh, your habits, the things you're accustomed to. And it, it's not just people. It could be pets. Um, you and I, before the show, were talking a little bit about uh, people's pets mm-hmm. and their importance. And really, pet loss is a, could be put into this as well. And were you talking about loss in the way of death? At least that's what I'm envisioning whenever you're talking. But there are other examples that you have that would be considered as loss. Can you address those? Yes. I mean, there's a number of different kinds of loss that people encounter. Loss of a spouse is probably the more common one or a domestic partner, somebody who you've lived with for a long time, you've been married to or living with for a long time. Uh, Terminal illnesses in people um, can also cause individual loss with an individual affected by terminal illness or the family members close by because the capacity of that person is there it's dwindling or it's being affected i think in popular culture we're we're all talking about alex trebek uh yes and yeah. that's probably a very that's one i see all the time on the news feed and how he's kind of individually contending with the potential possible we hope he'll be around for a long right, time we yeah. all do but the reality is he's got a very very um difficult illness that he's he's contending with and you're seeing in the writings in his interviews how he's kind of working through that that loss there's also traumatic losses Uh, there can be a loss of a child a loss of an unborn child there can be traumatic losses due to car accident Uh, sudden these are sudden i call them traumatic losses because it's a sudden loss that we did not anticipate or expect it wasn't something where we were caring for a, a, a sick parent Um, there's also complicated grieving, which is when someone's loss and the emotions and the problems they're experiencing keep going on and on, and they're not resolving, they're not working through, they're, they're stuck in their lives. It's affecting, uh, how well they're handling things. A good, uh, I guess not a good example, but a, probably a, a, an apparent example would be addiction. In some respects, people that develop addictions, not in all cases, but in some cases, from my history of working in that field, was due to losses that they experienced either as a child or later on in their lives or abandonment. That's a loss as well. So those are some different examples. It's not just the death of a person. And then also uh, an unborn child you have uh, jotted down here. And, and I'm wondering with uh, those situations with an unborn child, how long does that last? Because what happens if somebody attempts to have a child, um, and, and that situation occurs, but then later in life they try to have other kids. Can that be triggered as they go along? It can be. Um, I think it really depends on that per, that that uh, couples or, uh, you know, framework for living and the other supports that they have in their lives. If they have other children, that helps to some degree. Um, you know, it's you can never really say for certain what a person goes through unless you're in it. Um, but it can impact a person's outlook. Um, it can, they can struggle uh, with the hopelessness that, that other people that grieve go through. When you lose a, a child who uh, was not born yet, uh, was in the womb, that can be extremely painful for people because it's, you, you, it can go on and on. You can have 
memories down the road, like 10 years from now, you'll see kids who are 10 say, oh, that could have been could my have son been. or daughter. Mm-hmm. So, But again, it comes down to how well do you work through that? What is, we've talked about resiliency and all those topics here. So people can work through it. Absolutely. Then explain to us then the difference between loss and death, because I think a lot of us hear death and they w- we correlate both those words together. But what's the difference between loss and death? Right. Um, I think before the program, I was explaining how a loss or something we grieve can be naturally due to death uh, of a pet or a significant family member. Uh, but it may also not be caused by death. There's different losses. We've we've talked about these actually on this show: uh, divorce, separation, uh, estrangement in, in with couples uh, who may share children. Uh, that can be a common one that we work with at Family Pathways. It's not categorized as loss. It's always categorized as okay, you have co-parents that have to learn to work together, but most of these co-parents are dealing silently with a ton of loss that they don't want to recognize or deal with because their fundamental security about themselves has been torn away. Um, So in some ways that may be traumatic, it may not be. And the difference really between trauma and loss is the fear piece because trauma really equals fear. Trauma is a type of anxiety-related disorder. We've talked about that here too, but the fear is the peace. If what bad has happened to me creates fear in me at the same time, then it can be a trauma and a loss. Um, You know, there can be things like financial hardships, uh, changes in health, loss of a home. Those things may create fear and they may create a loss. In some, some situations, uh, we may just lose a job or something. It didn't really cause fear, but it caused a lot of sadness. So that's the difference. The fear is, is there fear or not? Let me go off on a little bit of a tangent before we continue. We're talking with Brian Dick with Family Pathways, and he's the program manager, Outpatient Services, and we're talking about the grief and loss services, the therapy services that Family Pathways has always offered, but we just don't talk about them enough. But a couple of things. One, I, I can really envision those those examples that you're giving where something hits close to home and we're here. And I'm curious because, of course, we work in this industry with communications and news and stories. And then we hear things nationally that happen, but then it affects us close to home. Why is that? How does that correlate? Because if you say there's a fear factor, it may not have happened in our backyard here in Butler County. But yet we're seeing national stories that, that make us a little nervous. It, certainly. I, sometimes I'll tell my, my own clients, don't watch the news. Uh, don't go on social media. Don't go on Facebook because uh, sometimes these things can trigger. The, key, the common denominator is we relate to other people and situations, even though we may come from different uh, cultural backgrounds, we may be from different parts of the world, we can relate to a story where there was children unfortunately killed in a bomb strike in Syria Mm -hmm. because then we as parents if we're parents we can think about that and say gee that would have been really sad if that would have happened to me and then it can kind of create a little bit of of that little bit of fear but maybe that that sadness and uh, and worry maybe that oh gee something could happen to my kids Um, the reality is there's so many bad things in our world there always has been um, I think it's just now with the type of media 
outlets we have now. I'm not criticizing it, but there's a lot of that stuff online. Some of it's not true either. Uh, some of it's not real, but people are trying to induce some fear. Why does it affect us? It's because we're all human beings. We have the same needs as any other human being. We, we have a mother. We have a father. We have uh, siblings. We have uh, children. And whenever something happens, I'll read a story about a car accident on this station, mm-hmm. on this website. And I become immediately uh, saddened for that family. Maybe because it's because I'm empathic and I work with this stuff so much, but I'll become saddened and also then I'll become reflective and say, wow, I really, I really hope that my family's safe. What can it do to us? You mentioned the fear, so I can understand that fear factor within any individual, even me, when I'm, I'm seeing, and yes, I work in the industry, and, and yet it can instill some fear. But what other things can result if we don't take care of the loss and the grief that we're experiencing? I, I think the main thing is we become very stuck. Um, it can affect the decisions that we make in the future. Uh, if we're not working on moving beyond the loss or working through the loss, it can keep us from doing things that we need to do in our lives. Uh, it may keep us from getting back into a new relationship. It may keep us from uh, finding other outlets for our, our empathy and concern for people. Um, we may become very caustic and sarcastic about life. I know there's been people in my life growing up as a kid And I always wondered, why are those people so, like, you know, they seem so unhappy? And it's because in somewhere in their lives, something happened, and they just became mean. You know, they became upset. And not that they were bad people to begin with, but they they stopped somewhere. Even with traumas, we talk about traumas when an event happens to somebody it tends to arrest that person because it causes so much fear that those folks can't really work through the fear. So they keep kind of just cycling through the things like that. And it becomes depression or it becomes extreme anxiety. And sometimes we'll even see people in the clinic who come in and they'll say, well, it's been 20 some years ago and this has happened. And we're like, wow, I mean, you, that's a long time. You're, you're very stuck. I mean, there's a complicated grieving response that can happen where people just become very stuck. They they don't want to move beyond. They get stuck in time, so to speak. And does it cause some coping problems? Does it cause like personal function problems or relational issues? Yeah, our 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 psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Blackburn, he he's come up with a um, I guess a new category of disorder. It's called coping skills disorder. Okay. And he says that, and I think he's more and more right, and it's not a real disorder, but it really is truly something we see. A lot of these kinds of issues turn into coping problems where people will start to um, change some parts of their lives. Uh, you may see people isolate. You may see them start to drink or use some kind of drugs or they develop a lot of physical problems and then they have to take a lot of medications. They really wouldn't need all the medications maybe, but they're just, it turns into like a stress-related coping type disorder and depression. And sometimes that depression, they can function high enough, but they never really uh, have any quality of life. 
Um, you know, and I, I remember seeing that as a child when I grew up in one of our next door neighbors, he was an older gentleman who had lost his, lost his wife. The kids didn't come to see him anymore. And we'd watch him come back to his trailer and he'd have, he'd been at the bar all day, you know? And, um, I, I kept asking myself, what's going on with this guy? Because that doesn't seem like that's what general people do, Mm -hmm. but that was an extreme form. I think of, uh, if you don't work through grief and loss, that's a very extreme form. Sure. A lot of people are very functional and don't reach that point. And talk about, uh, Brian, and Brian, of course, with Family Pathways, but talk about the counseling. What do we go through? How do we start? Because a lot of folks have never done counseling. And then to go in and, and start talking about loss and grief, that's already heavy as a topic in and of itself. So walk us through that process. What do we expect? <clears throat> it really, what you're doing to start out with is the same everybody else's. You're uh, sitting down with someone who's going to ask you a number of questions and fill in some blanks uh, regarding the situation it's bringing you in, which would be loss or death of someone or having trouble working through something in your life. Um, And it's just going to be an understanding or trying to seek to understand what that is, not judging. I think so many people feel ashamed it's Butler County, okay? The culture here, we're all, a lot of us are just kind of like, okay, I'm going to gut myself through through all this. And that's kind of what I've noticed about The I don't need help mentality? I've, yeah, and I've yeah. lived here for 20 years. Right. So I, I've kind of, I, I understand that. And where I came from was the same way, where people are very stubborn and they kind of just walk through. So working through whatever that issue is and helping them start to learn to talk about what that is and and to accept them and say there's really no shame in this a lot of times people are going to struggle with the emotions connected with this and that's the part they're trying to that's why they haven't come in for treatment so the whole idea is to start getting them to uh, talk about the person or situation that was lost and as a therapist, what I try to do with them is to enter their, enter their shoes a little bit. I try to get into their world. Oftentimes, I'll tell someone, why don't you bring in some pictures of the person that you lost? Give me, give me a situation. Give me a scenario. And I find that when they, it, it's kind of like a door opening. When they start bringing in those pictures, and I've done scrapbooks with kids. I've done different things with adults. That almost helps them process the meaning around that person and they start to eventually gain some acceptance around okay this actually happened to me and it's subtle but you'll notice over successive weeks that they start accepting what's happened and then they are more willing to talk about that person they talk about that person in very positive terms and it becomes almost therapeutic in and of itself. So there's a level of acceptance. It's like anything else, like grief and loss. You have, you have an initial anger. You have a bargaining. Um, there's you know periods of time where you'll fight and fight and fight against it. There's a denial, then anger, then bargaining, and then finally you say, "Yes, this kind of happened to me. What do I need to do for myself?" And then that's where you start working with them on creating supports and environmental structures help them reorganize how they're going to handle this, help them figure out a way to memorialize the person or situation that they lost. And that's really important, too, is helping them gain some meaning around that loss. When you're dealing with loss and grief, do you ask for the person's name? And I ask that because in my journey, it it took me a couple years to realize I was grieving a friend of mine. 
but it took for a third party to say, well, what's that person's name? And I had mentioned that my friend's name for a long time because nobody asked. And I think that helped in the grieving process when she had passed. Yes, that's actually something that I like to do right on the front end. I'll ask them to bring in pictures. I'll ask them to do like a little biography of the person. What's their name? Who were they? What did they do? And it's that is the richness of the grief and loss process and the work you do is that it's so, I think it's so wonderful to be able to step into that person's life. It's an honor and it's very growth producing for the therapist, I think, who will embrace it. It's not sad. It, it can be sad if you allow your own stuff to creep in. But if you're able to kind of keep that at bay, it can be wonderful. People love to hear you ask about their loved one. I, I don't know. That's just what I've noticed is yeah. that they love to tell you what their name was, what they did. And in some ways, that helps them learn how to process the loss. But if I'm listening to you right now and I think... Maybe I should. <laughs> Maybe I should make the call. Maybe I just haven't walked across the parking lot yet. Maybe I just haven't made the appointment. How do I know if I need grief counseling, especially if the loss was five, <clears throat> ten years ago? Could have been a year ago. And you think, okay, I've passed it. How do I know if I, I still need grief counseling? I think, I think you will if you know that you've never really talked about the person. You've never really expressed what's going on. Uh, maybe you haven't changed significant things in your life. You've, you've been afraid to move forward in certain parts of your life. Um, perhaps, you know, family outings, you say, oh, we can't talk about that person, so to speak. That's, a, that's an indication that there's still something that's kind of residually there that's not really being dealt with. Um, and there could be anger associated with the person's death or whatever you don't want to talk about. Sometimes people have a lot of guilt and shame around it, and they don't want to really talk about it. Um, there could be the fear piece, too. They, they're constantly afraid, okay, I'm not going to get into this type of car because that's how my, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. The loved one They, they hold back. Yeah. They don't do certain things that they used to do where they've put away a ton of stuff and don't. Myself, I like to be able, and this is just me, I like to be able to, you know, like grandparents have passed away, I like to have their stuff out. I think it's, for me, that's, that's, that's a growth-producing thing. For other people, they put it away, they box stuff up. There's no one way to grieve, so I don't want to be judgmental, but generally there's something that's holding themselves back, and they know it, and they just can't put their finger on it. Again, you wrote these down for me, so I just want to make sure I, mm-hmm. I go through them again because the different examples is we're talking about grief and loss. And, folks, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Brian Dick with Family Pathways, MALPC, the program manager of outpatient services there with Family Pathways. And they've always, Family Pathways has always offered grief and loss therapy services. And so if we're talking about loss and grief and you're hearing us and you're thinking, okay, the death of a, a loved one, there are other examples that Brian gave earlier, like a terminal illness or the loss of personal capacity, loss of a child, traumatic losses, um, a child losing a parent, what's called complicated grieving. And again, Brian can explain that if you want to talk to him. Loss of an unborn child. What what happens when we get into um, like the loss of relationships or someone who's been that stability in our lives and then they move on? Maybe they you know have another mm-hmm. job across the country or so. You know, yes, we have social media where we feel kind of connected, mm-hmm. but they're still not in our life directly like we used to have them. Yeah, I've worked with some clients that 
that have some of those types of characteristics where there's been a relationship or somebody who they thought, oh, this is the, the person I want to spend the rest of my life with or whatnot, or maybe they've been in a relationship for a while and then just people just kind of go different ways. Um, th that's a lot harder. It's, it's more like a death of a spouse or a domestic partner. It's somebody who's been in your life for a while. Uh, we would approach it in the same way we would anything else. And the one point I think I need to make here, because I don't want to sound like I'm being judgmental or that there's one way of grieving, there's many ways. I just gave you one example of how we might work with somebody. There's many different ways that people can grieve and work through loss. And so um, my best advice for somebody who's in that position is if it's still, if you're still pretty burned by the situation and, and it's starting to inhibit areas of your life and you know it it is meaning you're not yourself you're not eating right you're not sleeping right you're not doing you're not seeing friends you're isolating you're you've kind of you know blocked the wall put a wall up and you've kind of like blocked it all off so that people can't come inside and that's probably an indication that you need to do something to process that change so that you can, like I said before, some people will not tr retry new relationships because of that. And I think the ultimate goal, of, and correct me if I'm wrong, is to just get people back to functioning well, whether that means going back to what they did before or maybe maintaining a whole different path in life. Would you say that's, that's the ultimate goal here? Right. I mean, we call it restabilization. Whether you're working with trauma or you're working with um, a significant grief loss situation, something that's really painful, uh, the, the approach is somewhat the same. You're working on stabilizing that person's symptoms on the front end. We've talked about depression a lot here or anxiety. We're working on just those symptoms first is to stabilize those symptoms, give them a sense of normalcy, and then you're starting to help them restructure what that normalcy will be. But that's when they're ready to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's get your contact information. Uh, and I want to ask you about direct, what's called direct access. Because a lot of people still think therapy, oh, I need a referral, or I need a doctor's script, or I need something from my PCP first. So address both of those, your contact information, and then how you are direct access. Right. I mean, you don't need a prescription to come to Family Pathways. Um, if you have an insurance, most people have some kind of an insurance, or even if you don't have insurance, we can talk to you about, you know, what your situation is. But uh, generally, just call our main number, 724-284-9440. That is a one-number thing. Um, we have a pretty huge phone system, so everything comes into that. Just ask for the intake department uh, and you'll get referred to someone there who will walk you through and try to decipher what it is you need. And so you don't have to have all the words, but you do not, if you want to go to your PCP, you're certainly welcome to do so. And if there are any PCPs listening, you can certainly refer them down to Family Pathways without an authorization. It's a little different than getting a lab test or some other kind of procedure where you have to have a PCP approve it. Um, but we would just look at your insurance, look at those things, and, and get you set up with, a, with an intake appointment. And know, Brian, of course, you and I have been talking about grief and loss, but I loved your point that you just made that you don't have to have all the words together. I'm sure a lot of people call you and say, I think I need help, but I'm not sure exactly 
what help I need. Is, is that okay? Do you, do you have a lot of people in that scenario that say, I've heard you, I know you're there, but I just, I don't know where to go. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that really don't, they may know in the back of your mind kind of what they need, but they're afraid to go there. It's like any kind of medical condition. Sometimes you know something's wrong, but you don't really want to admit it. Uh, Or they could just be simply confused. And that's not, they don't have to have all the answers. They don't have to figure it all out. There are professionals there who will sit down and do an intake evaluation and assessment and and come up with some recommendations for you um so then you can decide whether you want to proceed with things or whether you just want to work on some things yourself brian dick of course with family pathways one more time with that phone number it's 724-284-9440 we're located at 100 brew avenue in butler just south of the bridge All right, Brian, thanks so much. Always nice to talk to you. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah, and folks, thank you very much for joining us. I hate to say that we're out of time, but we are out of time. So if you joined us late in this conversation, of course, our conversation with Brian with Family Pathways focused on grief and loss, the therapy services at Family Pathways, you're always more than welcome to go back and listen to our podcast, which you can find it this way. Ready? You go on our website. It's WISR680.com. Pick Programs. Let's Talk family pathways. That's where you're going to find it. All right. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.